Welcome to Big Brave Business. This is a podcast built on the belief that you can create absolutely anything for yourself. Whether it's a dream job or a dream life, it's all possible for you. I'm Amanda Nelson, a virtual assistant and digital marketer. And that's Sarah Heater, podcast producer and strategic consultant. Each week, we will share insights from working with dozens of clients, stories of how we got where we are, and encourage you to see us as your new business besties. So grab a cup of coffee and let's talk being brave in business. Welcome back to Big Brave Business. Hey, Amanda. Hi, Sarah. We are back in action. How are you? I'm good. I'm so busy. This has been, and I know I'm like preaching to the choir over there, but I, um, <laughs> did you like that little religious reference and the Thank you so much. deconstruction series? I know this is how you live your life, but like, oh my gosh, I feel like I wake up, I get basically get ready, sit down at my desk and I work until I go to bed. And last week I had either two or three, 3 a.m. working nights. Like I worked until three in the morning and I know you don't usually stay up that late because you get up a lot earlier than I do, but I know that that's how you live your life. But girl, that is not me. Um, I do live my life like that. I typically, like you said, as we all know, if you've listened to the show, we talk all the time about our differences in sleep schedule. I'm like a 5 a.m. start work. And then I typically start getting tired about three and I will quit work for a little bit and like, you know, cook dinner, whatever. And then I start working again, probably about six and I work until probably about eight or nine. So yeah, yeah I, I don't, I don't mind it really. It gets, I mean, like again, my, my form of self-care is getting things done. It's all out of my mind, out of my, whatever, off of my to-do list. But yeah, there's always things to do, but this week's really hasn't been too, too bad on the work front. On a personal note, I've been having major hard days with the loss of my dog, Aubrey, a couple of weeks ago. But I think um, I would like to say it's getting better. So if you're listening to this and you've lost an animal and you know, <laughs> you know ways for it to get better, feel free to let me know because it's not getting any better. <laughs> it's getting actually harder. Mm, sorry. Yeah, it's definitely one of the hardest things about having animals in your life, you know? animal family members because I mean most of the time we outlive them and that's like a really really painful thing yeah Yeah, I'm I'm really sorry that you've been struggling and I'm really sorry that you went through that loss thank you if he wouldn't have been so freaking cute you know he was the cutest dog if he just would have been ugly if he would have (laughs) just been ugly and horrible but he was precious and he was my baby and he was just oh my gosh anyways I'm looking at a picture of him and it's not making anything better so I am super excited for us to dive into this topic. We were just chatting before we started recording and we were like, you know what? Again, (laughs) this happens to us all the time. This should probably be a podcast episode. So we decided to start recording and I feel probably this episode should come with a little bit of a trigger warning. We're going to be extremely sensitive in what we talk about today. But as you know, we like to have big and brave conversations and this is definitely one of those. We're going to talk a lot about body images and body insecurities and the way we perceive our own bodies. And so if you're uncomfortable with that, maybe skip this episode. But again, we're going to be very careful about how we talk about this topic because as you know, it's very sensitive for a lot of people. 
Yeah, and I think it's it's interesting because we have our own experiences when it comes to body image, but also because we work with clients in um, spaces that involve marketing themselves and recording themselves and putting themselves out there um, on the internet, on different platforms, on big stages, and so on and so forth. Like we also hear a lot of other people's insecurities. So we, and that's interesting because then it gives us, and that's why we were talking about it, right? Because then it gives us an interesting opportunity to reflect from hearing somebody else talk about it on our own story. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important for us to have the conversation because I think it's a good reminder for all of us. I work with some very in my mind, very impressive women and men, but specifically I'm talking about the women that I work with who are much more vulnerable with me about their body image issues. A big part of my job is content creation and social media management, editing videos, and it's just such a common thing, I feel, for us to be so hypercritical about our bodies. And it's good to remember that when you see someone on a stage who you have admired or who you do admire, who has had success in business or in life, to remember that that person is also insecure. That person is also dealing with body image issues. Just because we're on a platform of some way doesn't mean that they're immune to all of the, you know, insecurities that we have. And in fact, they're probably more than you realize. And of course, we have our own as well. And I think we'll talk a little bit about that. But how yeah. do you feel? how you view your body affects how you show up in business. Okay. So that's interesting just to even say like how you feel about your body. I think in general in life, I'm pretty comfortable for the most part with the fact that like I look how I look. I am the size that I am. I have a lot to offer. I know what I bring to the table. And, you know, anybody who is critical of me from a body standpoint it just really has no place being part of my like influential circle and so then it doesn't matter what they think and anybody who does have a place in my influential circle like that that so doesn't matter like it's not even a thing that they would be thinking about or concerned about or commenting on right so that like in in real life i feel pretty good about like i am who i am and i look how i look and it's really the least interesting thing about me on the internet it is a lot harder and i think uh, a big thing for me has been really this mental game of i'm thinking about it more than anybody else's nobody else really cares how i look nobody else really cares about that angle or my chin or the like a zit or something like that like nobody nobody's looking at that as critically as i am about myself and and really just trying to like honestly what's worked for me the best in putting stuff online is to kind of just put it out there and then make myself just not really think about it not really watch it not really like it's i didn't put it out there for me i put it out there for somebody who needed to hear that or somebody who needed to see that or whatever or to make, make a connection with other people i think spending a lot of time on zoom helps a lot because i am face to face with people all the time it's so interesting when i started my business if i had meetings i would do my hair my makeup all this stuff to show up for meetings but that's not who i am in real life like i don't really i rarely wear makeup if i do it's just because i felt like it really I enjoy doing my hair, but it does take a lot of time. So it's just sort of like if I feel like it and I have time, I'll do it. But most of the time I just in real life, I just show up exactly just as my 
like natural self. And now these days, I never put on makeup or do my hair for Zoom. I mean, like, and for years I haven't. I just show up as me and I don't even, even to sales calls, like I don't even think about it because I know as soon as we start having an actual conversation, how I look has nothing to do with it. So I think that helps with showing up in general on video is just doing it more often and also just really having the mindset of like, I'm not doing this for me. So it does, I mean, I am from the standpoint of like, obviously I'm self-interested in building a business, but I, I'm doing this to make actual connections with other people. And again, like I said, how I look is the least interesting thing. I'm not trying to be a model, right? So it doesn't, it doesn't matter. That's not the important part. But what about you? I think that's amazing and a good reminder that our bodies are the least important things about us and the least, you know, people are, we're thinking more about our bodies than other people are. I grew up as a, I was a big time dancer. I wanted to be a prima ballerina. So all that goes along with that is you got to be skinny. You need to be tiny. You know, being small is you get more compliments if you're tiny. I also grew up with, and she wouldn't mind me sharing this, but my mom grew up with a mother who also instilled in her, like, you put on a full face of makeup when you leave the house. Like, you don't just walk out of the house looking rough. And I'm that way now. I don't just, I still to this day, and it's not because I feel bad about myself. It's because it's important to me because it was always instilled in me that it was important. How you show up, how you dress, when you go to the store, you never know who you're going to run into. That was always my mom's mantra. She always curled her hair before she left the house. I pretty much do that all the time too. Um, How I show up is important to me. And so growing up, my weight was always extremely, I was very critical of myself always growing up. There are some horrible memories of things that I have felt like I've done to myself over the years that I'm not proud of now as a grown woman. But the my business has actually given me more confidence. I feel like my body's changed a lot over the past 10 years with my weight has changed. The way my body looks looks totally different. I used to be a hardcore gym person. I used to work out all the time and really punish my body. And I'm now that's just not even part of it. I really should do more of it. But it's it was such a big part of my identity. And now it's just really not. And I feel more comfortable. I feel more feminine now in my body that I've added a little bit of weight over the years. But it is interesting how my business has, I think, given me more confidence as I've seen other people's reactions to my body and to who I am and how I show up, which is confident and professional and helpful and loving. It makes me love more things about who I am as a person and less about have I gained an extra 10 pounds in the past six months? Just like you said, to your point, it doesn't really seem like it matters that much. Yeah. And I think other people are less likely to notice. And even if they do notice, it doesn't change the way they feel about you. Like I've noticed when clients have gone through life changes or whatever, and they or they're making a huge effort to establish like a workout routine or whatever, and they're posting about it. Like I have multiple clients that I've, I've witnessed some body transformations that they've chosen to share online and to talk about online. And so, yeah, of course, I can see the difference. It's not that I don't see the difference they're talking about about themselves, but it literally has zero impact about the way I feel about them, how much I trust them, how much I like them, what I, you know, liking seeing their pictures. Or their, it literally doesn't affect it at all. It, I still feel exactly the same about them as I did before they went through whatever lifestyle changes. You know what I mean? And it's interesting to be able to reflect on that. I can also reflect on one of my former clients who posted 
stories really, really regularly for years. And she one day showed up and said she was really frustrated because the filters weren't working on her Instagram app. And she was like, whatever, I'm just going to show up without filters today. So you just get like my fresh, raw, real self. And I literally could not tell the difference between how she showed up most of the time, which made me really realize like, she, first of all, she wasn't using a very extreme filter, obviously, but also that filter did more to make her feel less insecure about whatever details she was picking apart. For me, who was just kind of scrolling through and watching and, and tapping through and watching what was interesting and skipping what wasn't, you know, in, to me personally, I didn't even notice that she had a filter on. So, so I'm not anti-filter, and I want to say this too about makeup. I'm not anti-filter if filters make you feel confident enough to post the video. Do whatever you need to do. Just know it matters more to you than it does to other people. With makeup, I will say, like, I love doing my hair. I've always loved doing my hair. I never loved makeup. I never loved doing it. It wasn't fun to me. Honestly, even in high school when I started wearing makeup, I like it felt like a chore. And my mom is also the type of person who like wouldn't go get like pump gas without wearing make a full face of makeup. Like that's how I was raised. And so I felt like I kind of had to, but I would not want to. And if I ever went to work, like I worked at a restaurant, if I ever went to work without a, a full face of makeup, my mom would be like, can't you just, don't you think you'd get better tips? Blah, blah, blah. Like she literally would make those comments to me and she'd be like, please just look like you try. So to your point of like caring about how you, you know, present yourself, I just so didn't want to take the time to do it. I never loved it. And I want to go ahead and also say, it's okay if you do love it. I'm not critical of you. I never did. That's my point. So it's not true or like authentic to me because I don't enjoy it. I wish that I like knew more about it and felt more like it's a version of art. It's a way to like express myself. It, you know, I wish I liked it more. I just so don't. Every once in a while, I'm just like, I just want to put in a little effort today and I'll put on some makeup, but that's it. Like literally it's not fun to me. So what I will say is if it makes you feel good about yourself and if you enjoy it and if it's a method of expression, like go for it. And frankly, I feel the same about tattoos. Like I've heard, I don't have any, but I've heard a lot of people say like tattoos help people love their body because it's a connection to something that really matters to them and, and something that really means something to yourself. So with all of these things, filters, doing your makeup, tattoos, whatever it is that makes you feel confident enough to show up as the best version of yourself or the most confident version of yourself, I think you should do. And that might look different for different people. Yeah, I totally agree. I also think I'm not great at makeup at all. I'm more a hair person. <laughs> and so I don't think that makeup makes that much of a difference for me because I don't put on a lot and because I also don't even know what to do with it, really. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's very minimal for me. So that really part has never played a big part in my identity. However, I do have friends and I know people online, obviously, who are really good at it. Yeah. And I'm, I just want to write them and be and ask, can I pay you to like teach me how? to do what you do. But I also feel like I just have one of those faces that is not conducive to a lot of makeup because it's it's just round. I've got a baby face. I put I try to contour and it's just not happening. Like it's just not gonna happen. If anybody is listening to this who loves makeup and knows a lot about it wants to do a little session and teach us about makeup, we'll take it. I will pay you. I will genuinely pay you if you can show me how. So I think something else that really helped me with my issues over the years too is I've never once had a single client tell me that they love working with me because of how I look. Totally. I've never, I've had people tell me, you have great energy. You're so personable. You're so 
friendly. I think you are such an asset. You work so hard. When you show up, you have so much enthusiasm. But I've never had one say, oh my gosh, I want you to help me moderate my Zoom calls because you're so pretty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nobody's <laughs> ever nobody's ever said that to me and I hope they never do. And yeah. nobody's ever, you know, and nobody's ever, they told me you present yourself very well. Like it's obvious I actually put on a clean shirt and brushed my teeth before I hopped on this call. But I've never had one person ever tell me like, I want you on my team because you're so cute. And and I think that goes to show you that how the energy that you come with, the enthusiasm that you come with when you're working with people, if you're a service provider or if you actually work face-to-face. I know there are people that listen to this show who work in an in-office setting that have reached out to me over the last couple of months and told me that they love the show, but they actually work in an office. How you show up in person, the effort that you put in as in your personality, it matters so much more. People will remember you more for your work ethic and what you bring to the table than, oh my gosh, she was so skinny. (laughs) But isn't it interesting, you you brought up like or touched on a really interesting point about saying the reason people want you to contribute, right? Or they appreciate your contribution. It's such a double-edged sword for women. You know, we don't want, we want to show up and feel good about ourselves and make a good impression. And also, and, and at a very, very base level, we don't want people to think we're fat and ugly, right? Like at a very base level, right? That's like <laughs> the underlying th- fear, right? God forbid somebody thinks I'm fat and ugly, but also, and I don't want to think that about myself first and foremost, um, but also I don't want someone to only want to work with me because of the way I look. I don't want to have to, if that's the deciding factor for someone to see value in me, like that also feels like a ripoff, which like takes us totally into like Barbie movie territory, right? Where it's like, I want to be more than how I look. And I think sometimes my not wanting to wear makeup or something like that is a little bit of rebellion against, you know, I want you to also think that the way I look is the least interesting thing about me. So if I rebel against putting too much effort into the way I look and you still want to work with me, then that's like almost like a test of like, do you see me as a real person? Do you know what I mean? But that means you're not able to show up as your authentic self. Like by you saying, I don't want to have to put effort in so that that's the Barbie movie, you know, take me as I am and dressed up in pink and makeup and hair and all that because that's who I am. It's not about but it's don't think not I'm who I am. Well, there you go. There you yeah. go. My thing is that I'm never going to show up and not put effort in because I want to see if someone wants to work with me because I don't think I'm cute. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. again, I've never had this even come to the table. No, no. So, yeah. Like, it's a very unique no, it's all hypothetical. Inside. Yeah, yeah. And it's all in, internal, really, because again, I would say, like, I can look at how I feel about other people and. Literally, the way they look is not even remotely it, – it's not yeah. remotely part of my valuation of, like, what someone's worth is or what I think of them or my impression of them. It has nothing to do with the way they look. I've looked. Yeah. I've worked with people who look like all kinds of different things, different ages, shapes, sizes, you know, different levels of, like, I guess, beauty regimen or whatever, like, different fitness interests, whatever, like the whole spectrum. And I know you have too, like the whole spectrum of, of people and especially of women, like the mm-hmm. whole spectrum of women. And it's just kind of like, again, that's the least interesting thing about anybody I work with. Yeah. Do you think pretty privilege is a thing? I mean, for sure. Yes. But I also think, I do think there's, it's loaded. 
I think it also comes with the, its own stereotypes, assumptions, criticisms, cattiness, jealousy, competition. Like, I do definitely think that also. So, yes, pretty privilege is absolutely 100% a thing. And I don't think it comes without its own challenges. What do you think? It's definitely a thing. I have told you this briefly. I worked at a marketing agency before I left to go work in corporate marketing. And the reason why I left the marketing agency was that the specific agency I worked for was geared towards car dealers, car dealerships. So we did like major car dealerships in the area. We also did grocery stores that were like big chains, Piggly Wiggly. For everybody that's down here in the South that knows what a Piggly Wiggly is, (laughs) was one of our clients. It was very much so expected that they hired pretty girls. That was their like thing. And whenever they wanted someone to pay their bill, they sent the girls. They, they had girls. They would send out the interns they would hire. They would not hire men interns. They would only hire pretty girls out of college. I find that to be so sad looking back on that. I was so young when I worked there. I feel like now I would never have put up with that even remotely because I was there during some of the early interview processes and the man who ran the marketing agency was absolutely wonderful. It was the people under him, the sales guys that were in charge of hiring interns. And I think had he known and had I been brave enough to bring it to his attention, he would be mortified to know this was my experience because he was such a family man and loved women and was very supportive of women. But again, it was definitely the girls that got hired where they're the pretty girls and it was pretty privilege um the interns that were brought on they were brought on for a specific purpose we were you know you're expected to dress a certain way i feel like that's such a sad thing that we still see in you know this was what 10 years ago <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's not that that's not that long ago and it still very much so goes on today so yes i do think pretty privilege is a real thing I'm thankful that I don't feel like that really plays into my job now at all. Totally agreed. I think that's one thing that's really, really beautiful about entrepreneurship and like client work specifically is that you can easily self-eliminate that Mm -hmm. it could be part of your experience if that if that's a priority to you from like a core values perspective and who you attract and like who. But it also can so easily not be part of it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting from like a social media content perspective, like the whole influencer thing, thinking about it's primarily pretty girls, right? And I think that certainly anybody could be an influencer and they don't have to be quote unquote pretty. But I think that there's this general understanding that like for aesthetic purposes, the content, the type of aesthetic content, kind of fluff content that a uh, stereotypical influencer would put out yeah it's going to be like a pretty girl in a beautiful place like floating around and twirling her like scarf or sarong or whatever like you know what I mean like that's like while the sun is setting and like there's a pool glittering I feel like we're getting an insight view to what you think paradise would be like you're wearing a sarong and you're absolutely not my paradise but it's very much what I think is like the stereotypical aesthetic on they're on the Amalfi Coast and they're in yeah, a big exactly. billowing dress. I know. Yes, yes. I totally agree. It's exciting, though, that I think there is a bit of a shift. And we talked about this earlier this year, that relatable content is becoming the king of what we're seeing on social media. There, are, um, There's a girl that pops up in my feed every once in a while. She's like the lazy housewife. She hates to clean. And she's like, I don't care if you judge me. Like, my, my, I don't clean the kitchen after dinner until the next morning. and I don't care. 
I don't care what you think about me. This is my house. This is how I live my life. Her house is a wreck. She's constantly cleaning it. And she's she's super brave. And she cares 0%. And you know what? She's heck popular. And there are millions of people that watch her videos. And thousands of most of us live. Correct. And there are thousands of people in the comments that are like, thank you for showing up. Thank you for showing up and letting me just see that my house doesn't have to aesthetically be clean. Like there's crumbs in the couch and she's constantly like she shows you the dirtiest parts of her house and she's like I'm cleaning this today it'll be dirty tomorrow but let's do it you know and it's her just being real and being normal I think it's exciting that we're living in a time where it's not all hey I'm pretty I'm in a bathing suit please buy this lotion it's like this is my house also shout out Elise Myers who built a massive platform at this point primarily talking about mental health like she posted you know TikTok story time type videos and sharing about her anxiety and sharing about how she copes and also how it affects her and now even with this huge like influencer status that she has she talks about like the situation she's now put in with this massive platform and how she actually feels on the inside right i think having those more of those like real life realistic conversations that are things that we all deal with that is again so much more interesting to me than when you said we know sarah's idea of paradise opposite like i'm I'm so much more interested in the depth of who people are and that kind of like aesthetic content doesn't give you the depth of who people are right like yeah it's very polished and put together and staged and now we see even some of the like behind the scenes of what influencers do to get the shot Mm -hmm. you know to go so far out of what your actual like life is to get a pretty shot for instagram is like so far from what's interesting to me i have respect for people who do it listen i respect the hustle you do whatever whatever you want to do to make and people make bank doing this so if getting a pretty shot of yourself a contorted position in the middle of a busy walkway like or whatever if that is your jam go for it more power to you it's not my time my idea of a good time personally absolutely so what would you say to someone who struggles with body image specifically in their business and how they show up in their business. What is a tip that we could close out with that you think, I think we've already given it away, but what was something that you would say to someone who struggles in this area? What would you tell them to make it better, easier? Yeah, I think I would say, first of all, that you're not alone and that everybody feels that way. And no matter, one thing you and I were talking about before we hit record is that if if you can't figure out how to deal with those issues now, it doesn't matter how big and successful you get, those issues will still show up for you. We've worked with some people who make millions and millions of dollars and still have that level of insecurity about themselves and about their bodies. So find what will help you feel confident in yourself and make you feel like your best most confident self and chase that like the the part that allows you to step into feeling the best possible way about yourself so if that's a filter if that's makeup if that's getting a blowout if it's finding ways to show up that don't include like direct face video whatever it is that like makes you feel the best about yourself you know we say we haven't said this in a while but we on the podcast, but one of our primary driving core values in starting this podcast and what you and I say to each other all the time is like, stop spending time in places that make you feel like shit, right? Stop making decisions that make you feel like shit. Stop hanging out with people who make you feel like shit. So all of that same energy, like if you can find a way 
to shed the things that are making you feel terribly about yourself, that's really, really important. And no matter what coach is telling you how you're supposed to show up on social media, like at the end of the day, you should feel good about yourself and you should feel good about your life and you should feel good about your choices instead of continuing to spiral in like the guilt and shame and fear and insecurity. So that's where I'm coming from. But what about you? What's your one like takeaway for people who are struggling with this? That's a really good one. The thing that I would say is I've told this before just to my sister just the other day is we invest so much time, energy, brain space, mental load, physical exhaustion into how we look on the outside, but we very rarely take the same amount of effort to invest in things that are going to make us feel better about ourselves as humans. And so what I tell people is invest in whether it's taking an online course, whether it's focusing on getting a promotion, whether it is um, going on a big trip that would be a big milestone for you as a person to be able to achieve. Invest in things that better yourself as a human being, that give value to who you are as a person. I tell people that you have stock in who you are as a person, right? We all have a value. Invest in things that are going to add value to who you are as a fundamental person. Don't worry. We spend so much money on like makeup and a new workout routine and a new diet, but very rarely do we stop to think like, where's the substance? Like, have I read a book recently? Have I taken a new online webinar? Have I, you know, invested in a new friendship recently? Things that are going to make you feel good about who you are as a human being, first and foremost, are going to make you and that's how I feel about my business. I've invested so much of myself in my business. I get so much confidence knowing that I can provide and I can take care of myself and that I'm giving value to my clients. That to me is so much more important and so much more valuable than the number on a scale. And if you can get yourself in that headspace and stop worrying so much about what you look like in the mirror, I find that that to be so much more for lack of a better word to say again, valuable. It's just so much more important. So I encourage everyone to focus on things that are going to invest in who you are as a person and not just, is it going to make my cheekbones pop more? If I lost 10 pounds, would I get more clients? No, probably not. (laughs) I I wish it was that easy. It's not, you know, so invest in education in who you are as a person. And that will shit when you start putting all of your energy towards that, you have a lot less time to be worried about what you look like in the mirror. And that sometimes is more valuable. Yeah. And I I know we said this, but I just want to reemphasize, if losing 10 pounds or having more defined cheekbones or whatever did get you more clients, are they even the clients you would want? Like, yeah. Ugh, ugh. So anyways, <laughs> I hope that we have made you feel less alone and inspired a little more self-love. I want to know, Amanda, what is making you happy this week? Oh my gosh, I'm so unprepared. Um, (laughs) What is making me happy this week is that I am ahead of the game in my Christmas shopping. I am, when I say ahead of the game, I mean, I'm halfway done. I'm so impressed. (laughs) You should be because normally I'm that person two weeks before Christmas who's in line at TJ Maxx in a full-blown sweat panic that I've forgotten something. And I just determined that was not going to be me this year. I'm going to be so prepared. I'm normally hating the holidays and I'm stressed out because I'm, wrapping gifts, you know, the night before Christmas. And I'm just, just, I don't want to do that this year. I want to enjoy Christmas. I'm getting ahead and I'm loving everything I'm buying. I think I've just, you ever know that feeling when you just nailed a present, you know, that feeling. 
Yes. Okay, that's how I feel about everything I bought. I just think all the people that I love and care about are going to absolutely love everything I bought. So it's giving me major joy and serotonin boost to know that I am ahead of the game. What about you? I What's making you happy Christmas this week? shopping. And normally I also start in September, but it's just so not on my radar. Okay. One thing that's making me happy this week is Katie, Katie Carson. And so let's talk about this. She Katie! found us because she listened to the podcast and then she and Amanda had a call she at some point had a call with me about potentially starting a podcast and we were following each other I don't even know how this all came about but either way now she's joined the Podfox team I don't know if we've shared that I think I shared that I was bringing on somebody new onto the team on this podcast but she officially started with the Podfox team in July So, you know, when you start on a new team or you start with a new client or anything like that, if you have clients, if you're a service provider, it takes some time to like get acclimated. You learn the business, you learn the person, you like find your way of work, and then you really get to start digging into making progress on projects. And so I feel like we're recording this mid-September so and she started mid-July. So it's been two months and like now we're really starting to get to dig into the projects and I just feel like it's such a good fit as far as our communication styles and kind of work ethic and our we're on the same page with you know a vision and whatnot and it's just been a lot a lot a lot of fun and it's always hard because like I love you so much and uh, you are my first team member and it's it's been a little bit intimidating of like okay as we continue to grow and expand how do I bring on somebody and duplicate that magic of finding you? And if it's not you, is that fair to the other person, right? Like, or other people, you know, as we continue to expand and add people. But Katie is amazing. And she also is a service provider. She also takes clients on and helps with like managing your content and your vision and um, being strategic. And so I highly recommend, so you should definitely go follow her, Katie Carson. She's amazing. She's such a ray of sunshine. When I met with her, I was like, Sarah, you're going to love her. I feel like y'all are exactly the same person almost. You have a lot in common for sure. Y'all are, yeah. s- y'all are really more alike than I think you and I are for sure. I think for sure. Are, we're very different. We're very different. <laughs> but I think personality goal-wise, like when I'm on a call with y'all, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm definitely the the minority in a good way, in a good way. I feel like you guys are on the same radar. And I'm like, scared. hey, this is the random thing I'm off the wall. Let's talk about this. And y'all are both like, wait, what? And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I forget that I'm on my own island. But it's the best possible. No, in a great way. It's a great way. I genuinely mean that. I would have never introduced the two of y'all if I didn't think she was amazing. I think Katie's wonderful. And I'm so freaking excited for her show. I cannot even tell you. We're not even going to tell everybody what it is yet because trust me. Not yet, but it's coming. You're going to want to listen. Um, The second thing making me happy this week is – um, my husband and I got into a great routine recently of, he's sitting here looking at me while we're recording. Um, <laughs> every single week we have started this challenge because I am very easily swayed into staying home because I love being home and he works very hard. And so when he gets home, he's very easily swayed and staying home as well because he wants to veg out. But we have gotten back. We were doing this pretty much before COVID, I believe. And then after COVID kind of got a little wonky because everything got a little wonky. Every single week we take turns and we have date nights and we surprise the other person. And the challenge is that we 
it has to have an activity and then it has to be a place to eat because we're big foodies. It's Mm -hmm. very easy to get into a routine of just going to dinner and then it's boring. So we're Mm -hmm. going to do um, an activity as well. And last week he surprised me by renting out a movie theater for us to have a date. And that was super fun. We went and saw a scary movie, which is my absolute favorite thing in the whole world. And um, it was so special. It made me so happy. And I have my turn is tonight and it's going to be so fun. And I'm so excited about it. And I'll tell you next week what we did because I can't tell you now because he's here. I was going to say, yeah, it's a surprise. (laughs) I'm really excited to hear about it. Okay. Uh, That sounds so fun. And it, it's interesting because yeah, we also fall into the trap of like, we go to dinner and then Mm -hmm. we don't do a lot other than work. Like so much of our life ends up because we work from home, just like being home. And when we took dedicated time off at the beginning of the year together, which feels really long ago now, but, um, it also feels like it was just yesterday when we took dedicated time off together. We we made this whole list of like, here's all these activities we can do locally and we can choose a new activity every day to like just get out of the house and have some like experiences. And then that's kind of carried over into the things that we didn't have a chance to do on that vacation. Mm-hmm. We have been like, OK, well, we still want to do that. So I, I love that. I love that. And I can't wait to hear more about what activities you guys are doing. Okay, so the second thing making me happy is launches. This is like a very busy launch season for me. It was last year too. We just had a brand new client launch literally like at the time we were recording this yesterday. And I have four more launches I am actively working on right now, which is a lot. And then a couple that might might happen, um, but are currently unconfirmed. Hence, I'm busy. It's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of work right now and very fun. I love new clients. I love launches. I love the like possibilities of a new show. I love adding different voices and different subject matter because we work on such a wide variety mm-hmm. of podcasts at PodFox. And it's like, it's just so fun to do launches. So, but it's a lot of work. So <laughs> I am busy, 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 but very much looking forward to kind of this next chapter. That's how it feels when I get into like a really busy launch season. It's like, ooh, this is going to be a new chapter of PodFox as a company because look at how our book of business or like our lineup of shows is changing. So that's been really fun. That's awesome. And I, as a part of that, I am also very much so excited and enjoying that. Anytime we have new shows, there's so many good ones that we have coming up that I am very excited to listen to as a listener, but also to work on and bring to fruition because I think they're going to have so much value. Yeah. The last thing making me happy, as you all know, if you listen to the show, I'm a big pop culture person. I love TV. I love books. I love movies. And this week, what's making me happy is a book turned TV show that I have been waiting for I feel like forever, probably right after COVID, there was a very popular book that came out called The Other Black Girl, and it was super popular. I loved the book. I flew through it. It has been made into a TV show on Hulu, and I cannot recommend it enough. There's this whole new subgenre coming up in horror films and horror movies and just thrillers that is focused around the Black experience. This one is no different. I find it to be so fascinating 
so interesting. I'm like whizzing through the show. I think they're, I'm like on episode six and I only started it yesterday. It's so well done. It's beautiful. There's some eerie, creepy things that's going on and you just need to watch it and then come talk to me about it because I need some, <laughs> I need some other people to watch it and or read the book because the book was incredible. And I'm just so happy that there are, there's content out there being made like this for entertainment, you know, that's fun and educational and you learn a lot from it, but it's also entertainment. Um, anyways, I think it's incredibly valuable on Hulu. It's called The Other Ooh, Black Girl, I'm and it definitely just gonna watch it. It's really good, Sarah. You would love it. You would love it. It's I'm creepy and weird, and there's just so many sub sub. Hulu genres. has some good like Girl, creepy I TV know. shows. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and I love it. That's I love nice. the creepy. So, yeah. um, highly recommend that. So, Sarah, <laughs> what is your last thing making you happy this week? I okay so a few months ago I have another business one a few months ago I started doing monthly topical trainings that are related to podcasting and a lot of this is because I found myself having the same conversations again and again and again in strategy sessions with clients because my our my clients get one-on-one -on -one strategy sessions with me where we go through like actually uh, growth and monetization and stuff like that for their show. I found myself having a lot of the same conversations and I was like, man, if every podcaster I work with has these same topics that they're concerned about, then every podcaster has these same questions, right? So I started doing these monthly topical trainings and just all things related to podcasting. And this month we did, and now that's part of a membership, which we've talked about on this podcast, is, is rolling out a membership as part of PodFox. This month's in September, the topic this month was AI for podcasters. And you guys know I've geeked out a little bit about AI on this show, but mostly we've only talked about ChatGPT here. So this was really fun because I got to talk about AI in general, like myths, insecurities and fears, uh, ethical complications. And then also I got to share like a handful of really fun AI platforms that do a variety of different things that could help improve your podcasting workflow. And Amanda missed this one live, but so many people showed up. This was our biggest turnout yet. The chat was totally full. Like people were just commenting like crazy. It was a really, really good turnout. Everybody who came live definitely loved it. it. was like enthusiastic and learning so much and like excited to try a bunch of new tools. And it was so fun. Like I really felt like this was a glimpse into what I hoped these monthly trainings were going to look like. And, and I just love being able to share what I've learned with more people so that they can be more successful in podcasting. so happy. It you was guys so good. You have no idea how much work and time and energy goes into making these calls successful. And it makes my heart yeah. so happy oh, it that was, they are. And I'm going to like toot my own horn and say they have all been it. really good content. They like, are really, really good. good. Content. But this was so fun because to have the people, um, that, that amount of people show up live, whereas most people have been catching replays so far. But anyways, mm -hmm. with that being said, it's not too late to get the replay. So if AI for podcasters is interesting to you, you can get that replay at podfoxmedia.com. So if you have a podcast or if you're interested in AI and you want to like learn, because some of these would definitely be useful beyond just podcasting, definitely make sure you go check that out. There's going to be on, you're going to find um, the replay play you'll have access to it video audio only you'll have access to the slides and there's like a one page resource that Amanda's putting together for me but it will exist by the time this goes live that has like a recap of the different resources we covered in the training so that you can have it for easy reference so 
it's going to be so good or it was so good. So when you watch it, you're going to think it's so good too. And I want to hear what you think and I want to hear what your experience is using those AI tools. So make sure you go grab that. Absolutely. I cannot wait to watch the replay myself. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Big Brave Business. As a reminder, we have incredibly fun interviews that come up on our YouTube channel every single Wednesday. They're totally separate content from what we chat about here. They're fun interviews with people that we absolutely love and admire, and we ask them all kind of fun questions like, what did you have for breakfast? And what would you like to tell yourself five years ago? So no boring questions, all fun things with great, interesting people. There's so much to learn. So head over to our YouTube channel on Wednesdays. And then, of course, we will be back on Tuesday. Please make sure that you sync up with me and Sarah. Sarah is at Sarah K. Heater, and I am at Amanda Nelson Reads. And we will obviously be hanging out at Big Brave Business on Instagram as well. And we'll see you next week. Bye.